Radio UNE, the time is 7 o'clock, which means it's time for yet another episode of Way Back When. This week we are looking back at the turn of the millennia, 2000, and we have some wonderful music coming up over the next hour, a lot of incredible tracks. We're going to start with a very catchy tune that originated from 2000, and I apologise in advance because some people love this, some people hate it, but nevertheless, one of the biggest songs of the year 2000, please enjoy the first song of the night. This is Way Back When, episode 2000 on 106.9 Tune FM. Who let the dogs out? Was nice, the party was bumping. And everybody having a ball. Until the fellas start the name calling. And the girls respond to the call. I have a pool and shout out. Who let the dogs out? 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 I see the dance beat. Get back, you flea infested mongrel. <laughs> Gonna tell myself I'm a no get angry. Hey, Two Eddie girls calling them K9. Hey, but they tell me, hey man, it's part of the party. You put a woman in front and a man behind. I have a woman shout out. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out?
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men, here on episode 2000 of Way Back When. The Baja Men's Who Let the Dogs Out, of course, did very well here in Australia and in New Zealand, topping both charts. Only made it to number 40 in the Billboard Hot 100, but did make it to number 6 on the dance charts, and a tune that a lot of people still remember to this day. Moving on, we've got an Australian, uh, young Australian artist coming up next, and a debutante on this show indeed. It's Vanessa Amorossi. Vanessa Amorossi would release The Power, her first ever album in the late months of 1999, which meant that most of the singles that would chart from said album would not chart until 2000. Now, this song, uh, this album rather, had a lot of tremendous songs. The one that ever I've chosen to play on the uh, show tonight is arguably her best. It was nominated for two awards at the ARIA Music Awards of uh, 2000, highest selling album and breakthrough release. The album debuted at number one on the ARIA charts and was certified four times platinum. And in fact, it became so popular that it was released internationally as well with different track listing because it wasn't, indi- it wasn't originally intended to. People didn't think it would chart, it would take off as much as it did. This particular song was the second single it's absolutely everybody a very catchy tune and a very memorable tune and it reached number six here in australia number 10 in new zealand and when it was released in europe it peaked at number seven number one in hungary so there you go hungary a weird choice but okay and it also made it to number excuse me seven on the uk singles chart and number two in ireland funnily enough a very catchy song and it actually led to her being awarded the australian centenary medal by the government of australia for her service to music with its positive lyrics this song became an unofficial theme song for various cultural events and i think you're going to understand why a bit of a dance pop track coming up next this is absolutely everybody by vanessa amorossi you're listening to episode 2000 of way back when
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was Absolutely Everybody by Vanessa Amorossi here on episode 2000 of Way Back When. I certainly hope that your week has been pleasant for you. I hope it's been relaxing wherever you are and whatever you're doing, and I hope that it was stress-free. Of course, things continue to go very, very, very crazy in the world as we know it. Obviously, unfortunately, the COVID-19 pandemic is still raging strong, but a big congratulations has to go to everyone living in Victoria. You have managed to record 28 consecutive donut days of no new cases and no deaths. You should all be extremely proud of yourselves, so kudos to anyone listening from Victoria. And over in the US, the election continues to be plagued in uncertainty, even though pretty much every local official has that has any sort of knowledge of the matter has said that even though the election was completely secure and fair, Donald Trump continue, continues to throw out uh, unsa- unsa- unsubstantiated legal claims, so we don't really have a full answer as to what's going on there yet either. Nonetheless, I hope that even though the world is certainly going through a bit of a roller coaster at the moment, I hope that no matter what happens, you are at least weathering the storm as best you can. It's going to be very hot next week in Armadale, so make sure that you are ready for that. It's going to top 37 degrees at some part of Armadale on Wednesday, I believe, and that pales in comparison to parts of Australia that are going to be nearing 50 degrees thanks to a heatwave brought on by a mass of hot air that is pooling around the centre of, of the country, which I think is very rude. Moving on, however, it's a boy band time now, and it is NSYNC, who would release No Strings Attached in the... in the March month of 2000, excuse me, their second studio album, that exploded. After several delays due to legal battles, it was met with generally favourable reviews from music critics, debuted atop the Billboard 200 with its first week sale of 2.4 million copies, which set the record for one-week sales in the country, a record that would last for 15 years, and it was certified as Diamond. That means that it sold over... 10, 10 million units in the US. At the moment, it has sold over 14.5 million, which is exceptionally, uh, which is an exceptional record. The album peaked at number three here in Australia, and they released from said album, a matter of fact, a grand total of four singles, two of which I'm going to be playing tonight. When it comes to the reviews, as I said, it came mostly positive. Some of them got, uh, some critics were a little bit more lukewarm, but most of them generally gave it positive uh, responses, and they, nom- they were nominated for the Best Pop Vocal Album at the 43rd Annual Grammy Awards. They were also nominated for Album of the Year and Top 40 Artist of the Year at the Billboard Music Awards of the same year. So, the first song I'm going to play is their second single. It was written by Max Martin, Andreas Carlson, and Rami Yacoub, and the pop and funk track was inspired by Stepping Out and Him, songs by Joe Jackson and Rupert Holmes, respectively. The lyrics are about a man attempting to persuade a woman to start a relationship together, and again, it received favourable reviews from critics uh, who... Uh, commended the catchy production. It's a very wonderful tune. It charted very well as well. It made its number 11 here in Australia, number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, which was rather uh, interesting because it's the only in-sync song to peak at the number one position, despite six of their singles charting in the top 10. So there you go. It also peaked at number one in Canada, while peaking in the top 10 in the UK, New Zealand and Sweden, and made its number 11 here in Australia. It's going to be me coming up next on Way Back When, episode 2000. You're listening to Tune FM here on 106.9.
6.9 Tune FM and that was episode 2000 of oh, this is episode 2000 of way back when excuse me and that was it's gonna be me by NSYNC the second single off of their critically or not necessarily critically acclaimed but certainly commercially acclaimed album coming up next we have another debutante and in fact it's a debut single so there we have a debutante making her debut on this show with a debut single and it's Anastasia Anastasia her full name Anastasia Lynn Newkirk is an American songwriter obviously she was she released two albums in quick succession not that kind and freak of nature to major success the charts of this particular song made were quite quite impressive it made its number one on the australian aria chart and actually was the australian year end number one for 2000 as well which is very impressive certified double platinum here in australia and over in italy and certified platinum as well in new zealand as well as this particular song, the album, uh, Not That Kind, this particular album that she would release in 2000, her debut album, was also received quite well. In fact, it has sold over 7 million copies worldwide. Very impressive. And the album would chart at number two, the peak at number two on the ARIA charts. This particular song was the single, obviously, I'm Out of Love. It is a very catchy tune. A lot of people know the song without necessarily knowing who Anastasia is. And she envisioned something in a funky, sly in the family stone sort of style. It's been lauded by contemporary music critics calling the, who have called the song an aggressive dance floor item and saying that it is one of the most notable debut tracks that people have heard in a while. So a fairly, fairly well received, as you can imagine. I'm Out of Love by Anastasia. It's coming up next on Way Back When, episode 2000. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 
over me too, yeah Seems like my time has come and now You just heard I'm Out of Love by Anastasia here on Way Back When, episode 2000, here on Tune FM 106.9. And coming up next, we've got a uh, little superstar, a little superstar, a big superstar, who debuted on this show last week, and that's Britney Spears, who would release her second album in 2000, a song called Oops, I Did It Again, which will be the song that I play next. It's a very poppy, dance poppy sort of album, similar to her first album that was released a year before, although it does explore a funkier and more R&B sort of sound. Upon its release, it received generally favorable reviews from music critics debuting at number one on the billboard 200 and it it sold over 1,300,000 copies in its first week which is very very impressive it became the highest debut week album sales by a female artist which would be broken 15 years later by adele still she held it for 15 years which is very impressive the album charted at number one all over the place all over most european countries made it number two in australia two in finland two in scotland two in the uk and fifth in italy it did exceptionally well, as you can imagine. And as it comes, when it comes to the critical uh, response, it was very well received. A lot of people, or the majority of people rather, said that it was a very positive album. One negative review did come from the Los Angeles Daily News, but that was uh, pretty much the outlier in this particular case. She also won the album's Artist of the Year at the Billboard Music Awards, which is very impressive. Please enjoy the title track from that album. It's Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears, and it's coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 2000.
to way back when episode 2000 and that was britney spears with oops i did it again of course we are looking at the year 2000 the 31st year of tune fm's existence during this the 31st uh the 31st week is in fact this week being of our 50th birthday celebrations it's weird to have made it to 2000 it's weird to be now on the other side of the millennium that's for sure of course many 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 things happened in the year 2000 that were notable besides the fact that we entered a new millennia of course everyone knows about the millennia bug and the controversy and problems that that caused but other things that not many people know about the year 2000 was that as a matter of fact in December for the very first time a manned crew was sent to the International Space Station which marked a big development in space discovery and the International Space Station of course still functioning to this day moving on to the next track of the show tonight it's a bit of Eminem and this is Eminem's first first, uh, song on this show and I do need to point out for obvious reasons that this song is very explicit so if you do uh, have an aversion to that sort of thing then turn off the radio for about five minutes or so, that's how long the song goes for and come back after that once more this song is very explicit being an Eminem uh, song as you can imagine it comes from the Marshall Mathers LP the third studio album by the rapper and was produced by him and Dr. Dre it was recorded in a two month period and was surrounded by significant controversy upon its release while also propelling Eminem to the forefront of American pop culture. Generally, he gets away with a lot of his music nowadays, but back then it was extremely controversial. Criticism was centered on most of his lyrics, indeed, even by the first lady of uh, the second lady of the United States at the time, excuse me, Lynn Cheney, and the Canadian government considered refusing Eminem's entry into the country because of the album. Despite the controversy, however, it was critically acclaimed, who praised Eminem's lyrical ability and considered the album 
to have emotional depth. It debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, and it was a significant commercial success compared to the release of his previous album, the Slim Shady LP. In fact, this new album would sell nearly 1.8 million copies in its first week, which makes it among the fastest-selling studio albums in the United States. Indeed, a lot of the songs that I'm playing tonight have very well-selling albums or singles. It's a bit of an interesting thing to note from the year 2000. Excuse me. In fact, this song was censored, uh, the album was censored, excuse me, for a clean version that could be released a little bit more uh, widespread, and it was so censored that it, almost made, that it almost made every single song completely inaudible. It's rather, it was a rather amusing and controversial listen to if you can find any of the clean versions of the songs. The first song, which I'm playing now, The Real Slim Shady, the first single, excuse me, became Eminem's biggest hit up to that point. It peaked at number four on the Billboard Hot 100 and topped the UK singles charts, and it, along with the rest of the album became exceptionally well received. In fact, retrospective reviews of this particular album have been seeing it get 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10, very, very positive scores as well. The album is regarded by critics as Eminem's best album and has been ranked in multiple lists among the greatest albums of all time. Before I stop myself from going on for too much and get to the song, I would like to point out that the Rolling Stone gave it the award of Album of the Year in 2000, which is rather interesting. The song Real Slim Shady annoyed a lot of people, as I'm sure you can imagine. It sat it was uh, it satirized a lot of pop culture at the time and caused a lot of people to get upset because of its uh, controversial content. Still doing very well, making it to number 11 here on the ARIA charts and winning the Best Rap Solo Performance Grammy Award in 2001, as well as two Billboard Music Awards in 2000. A very, very catchy tune. I will point out one more time, a very explicit song, so please keep that in mind. This song is very explicit and you will hear lyrics that TuneFM does not endorse in any way, shape or form. The Real Slim Shady by Eminem coming up next on Way Back When, episode 2000, here on 106.9 FM, the home of UNE's student-powered radio. May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? We're gonna have a problem here. Y'all act like you never seen a white person before. Jaws all on the floor like Pam, like Tommy just burst in the door. We started whooping her ass first than before. They first were divorced, sewing her over furniture. It's the return of the... Oh, wait, no, wait, you're kidding. He didn't just say what I think he did, did he? And Dr. Dre said... Nothing, you idiots. Dr. Dre's dead. He's locked in my basement. Uh-huh. Feminist women love him and them. Chicka, 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 slim shady. I'm sick of him. Look at him walking around, grabbing his you know what, flipping the you know who. Yeah, but he's so cute though. Yeah, I probably got a couple of screws up in my head loose, but no worse than what's going on in your parents' bedrooms. But sometimes I wanna get on TV and just let loose, but can't. But it's cool for Tom Green to hump a dead moose. My bum is on your lips. My bum is on your lips. And if I'm lucky, you might just give it a little kiss. And that's the message that we deliver to little kids and expect them not to know what a woman's glitter is. Is. Of course they're gonna know what in the course is By the time they hit fourth grade They got the Discovery Channel, don't they? We ain't nothing but mammals Well, some of us cannibals Who cut other people open like cantaloupes But if we can hump dead animals and antelopes Then there's no reason that a man and another man can't elope But if you feel like I feel, I got the antidote Women wave your pantyhose Sing the chorus and it goes I'm Slim Shady, yes I'm the real Shady All you other Slim Shadies are just demonstrating So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up Please stand up, please stand up Cause I'm Slim Shady Records. Well, I do, so fuck him and fuck you too. You think I give a damn about a Grammy? Half of you critics can't even stomach me, let alone stand me. But Slim, what if you win? Wouldn't it be weird? Why? So you guys can just lie to get me here, so you can sit me here next to Britney Spears. You shake Christina Aguilera, better switch me chairs, so I can sit next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst and hear him argue 
over who she gave head to first. Little bitch put me on blast on MTV. Yeah, he's cute, but I think he's married to Kim. <laughs> I said download her audio on MP3 and show the whole world how you gave him an MVD. I'm sick of you little girl and boy groups, all you do is annoy me. So I have been sitting here to destroy you. And there's a million of us just like me, who cuss like me, who just don't give a fuck like me, who dress like me, walk, talk, and act like me, and just might be the next best thing, but not quite me. I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating. So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up? Please stand up, please stand up. Cause I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating. So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up? Please stand up, please stand up. I'm like a head trip to listen to. Cause I'm only giving you things you joke about with your friends inside your living room. The only difference is I got the balls to say it in front of y'all. And I don't gotta be false or sugarcoated at all. I just get on the mic and spit it. And whether you like to admit it, I just shit it better than 90% of you rappers out kid. Then you wonder how can kids eat up these albums like volumes? It's funny. Cause at the rate I'm going when I'm 30, I'll be the only person in a nursing home flirting. Pinching nurses' asses when I'm jacking off a jerkins and I'm jerking. But this whole bag of Viagra isn't working. And every single person is a slim shady lurking. He could be working at Burger King. Spitting on your onion rings Or in the parking lot circling Screaming I don't give a fuck With his windows down And the system up So will the real shady Please stand up And put one of those fingers On each hand up And be proud to be out of your mind And out of control And one more time Loud as you can How does it go? I'm Slim Shady Yes I'm the real shady All you other Slim Shadies Are just imitating So won't the real Slim Shady Please stand up Please stand up Please stand up Cause I'm Slim Shady Yes I'm the real shady All you other Slim Shadies Are just imitating So won't the real Slim Shady You're listening to Way Back When, episode 2000, and that was The Real Slim Shady by Eminem. Coming up next, we turn to Italy and a bit more Europop, Eurodance track, and it's a very, very catchy one that I'm sure a lot of people will remember. It's by Eiffel 65 and is by far and away their biggest song of all time and certainly the most successful. The lead single of their debut album, Europop, Blue Dabba D. It is the most popular single of the group by far and away, reaching number one in many charts. Again, it swept the number one position all over the place, including here in Australia, a fair amount of countries in Europe, as well as making it to six on the Billboard Hot 100 and two on the mainstream Top 40 Billboard chart. Of the countries in Europe. They included Denmark, Europe, Finland, Germany, Greece, Ireland, among others, and it made its number one on the UK charts as well. And it finished at number three in the ARIA charts for twenty uh, for 2000, the uh, year-end charts, that is. Excuse me. Even though this, the rest of the album was successful as well, this still remains by far and away their biggest ever hit and the one they are most known for. It's still remembered and played at parties and uh, little discos all over the place. Please enjoy Blue Dabba D Dabba Die by Eiffel 65 here on Way Back When, episode 2000. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9. Yo, listen up, here's the story about a little guy that lives 
a blue world And all day and all night And everything he sees is just blue Like him inside and outside Blue his house with a blue little window And a blue Corvette And everything is blue for him And himself and everybody around Cause he ain't got nobody to listen to I'm blue,
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was Blue Dabba D by Eiffel 65. Interestingly enough, that song became so popular in the UK that it was actually uh, made it to the charts by import sales alone, rather than actually being directly released there, which I think is just fascinating. Turning back to a different sort of dance track now, it's still very much in the dance genre, but it's more of a trance sort of song. And I should point out, this song is actually instrumental. This song has no vocals, and I need to point that out because we need to verbalise that whenever we play an instrumental on the air. It's a very, very catchy tune, and I particularly really do enjoy it. It's one of the few trance tracks that I will enjoy listening to, but I wanted to play it because of its influence and its uh, legacy. It is very, very well known on YouTube. It's become a bit of a meme and a joke whenever anyone asks, whenever there's a music, whenever there's music in a YouTube video and someone in the comments asks, what's the name of this song that's playing? People will respond, not with the name of the actual song, but this song instead. It also appeared in the pilot episode of Queer as Folk, the fantastic American-Canadian serial uh, LGBT uh, series. Very, very, very good show. And it appeared in, a com- in some movies. It appeared in many other TV shows. And again, like I said, it became a very popular meme on YouTube and even Twitch nowadays. It's still around, which I think is absolutely wonderful. And in fact, as an April Fool's Day joke in 2015, YouTube displayed the message, Did you mean the name of this song, for all video search queries involving music, including adding a button which played the tune during a video, which I think is absolutely wonderful. It has also been used in sports a lot. It's a very, very, like I said, trancy disco track, so you hear it in clubs and discos all the time. It was certified platinum in January of this year, which is quite nice, for sales over 1 million by the Recording Industry Association of America, which I think is wonderful. Over 20 years, uh, just under, excuse me, uh, no, so yeah, just over, just over 20 years after it was released, which is absolutely wonderful. It is, a dis- it is a disco instrumental, and we're playing the radio edit, which trims it down to three minutes and, f- uh, excuse me, two minutes and 53 seconds from the album's seven minutes and 26 seconds, a bit a bit easier on the ears. It's Sandstorm by Darude, but I think it's more commonly known as Darude Sandstorm on episode 2000 of Way Back When. This is Tune FM on 106.9.
was Darude Sandstorm here on 106.9 Tune FM way back when, episode 2000. 2000 was a really, really weird year for, year for something like that to chart as high as it did and become such a big hit. It really it really was a very unusual year. Obviously, as, as, uh, as along with the space station the fact that I mentioned before, it was also the uh, year that our President George Bush won the election, defeating Al Gore by the slimmest of margins, all coming down to a Florida recount. It is a very, very, very infamous election, and you can hear more about that on Throwback Thursday, which you can find on any podcasting service if you missed Jake bringing you Throwback Thursday on Thursday night of the year 2000. So check that out if you want some more information about all the big goings on of the millennium year. Up next, we turn to another debutante on this show, and it's Macy Gray, the second single from her debut album on How Life Is, which became her biggest song by a country mile excuse me it peaked at number six in the uk number five in the us number two in canada and best of all it made its number one here in australia over the ditch in new zealand and in ireland funnily enough and it won best pop vocal performance at the 2001 grammy awards and it was nominated for record of the year and song of the year it remains her biggest single in the us to date and the only one to reach the top 40 of the billboard hot 100 it's been used in several tv shows and a few movies in fact and it finished in number 18 in number 18th position on the end of year charts for 2000 here in Australia. It is a very catchy tune from How Life Is, I Try by Macy Gray, coming up next on Way Back When, episode 2000. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9. Where you are 
You just heard I Try by Macy Gray here on Way Back When, episode 2000 on Tune FM 106.9. And now it's time for a bit of Red Hot Chili Peppers with their amazing song Californication, which comes off the album from the same name released in 1999. That was their seventh studio album, funnily enough. And it was produced by Rick Rubin, of course. And it became their most commercially successful studio release internationally, with over 15 million copies being sold worldwide, more than 7 million of which were in the United States alone. Excuse me. It produced several hits for the band, including Other Side, Californication, of course, and the Grammy Award winning Scar Tissue, which only just missed out on being played on this particular show. Uh, not on last week's show, excuse me, not this week's show. And it peaked at number three on the Billboard 200. And in fact, it also made its number one on the ARIA charts here in Australia, which is quite nice. There, it spawned a massive tour for the band, and the, and the album was critically was acclaimed once again. It marked a significant change, though, in style for the band. While previous Red Hot Chili Peppers albums have been more highly spirited, Californication dares to be more epiphanic, which I think is a very, very nice change of pace. In terms of the actual song Californication, of course, you can listen to many, many more songs from the album if you purchase it or if you listen to it on Spotify. It's a very, very, very good album that I would recommend indeed. This particular song, however, Californication, was released as a single, not the first single, but a single, and it made number 69 on the Billboard Hot 100, number 16 on the UK singles charts, and it made its number one on the mainstream rock tracks as well, only only climbing as high as 44th here in Australia. It is a bit of an interesting track in that it explores the dark side of Hollywood and the export of culture through the movie industry. It makes references to topics such as pornography, plastic surgery, and even some pop culture references. It is a very, very well-known track and a very, very, I'm not going to say haunting or lamenting, but a very sort of epiphanic track. It makes you think, which I really, really do like. As a matter of fact, the author of Scar Tissue, the book, excuse me, based on the song, reveals that the band had enormous difficulty actually creating the song at all. Excuse me. Even though Anthony Kiedis uh, of the band had written the lyrics, which were felt, which he felt were some of the best he'd ever written, of of that I would agree with him on. The band, however, could not decide how it should sound musically, and only just finished it in time to include it on the album, which is quite phenomenal. Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers coming up next on Way Back When, episode two thousand. This is Tune FM on one hundred six point nine.
That was Californication, the amazing song off the album of the same name by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 2000, and I apologise, we are going to go a little bit over uh, a little bit over time on this episode, but we've still got five amazing songs to play, and I cannot get wa- wait to get them uh, to get them all to you. It's time to turn to Robbie Williams, who has featured before on this show last week, but in 2000 he would release his third studio album, Sing When You're Winning, and this particular song was released as the lead single from the album, and that is Rock DJ. As a matter of fact, six different singles were released off of this album that did quite well. It was more of a pop rock album that actually incorporated a bit of dance pop as well, which is a rather unique sort of style. Of course, Robbie Williams was certainly already a bit of a household name when this album came out, but it was another fantastic album that put out a few more songs and a few more successful singles that still remain with him today, only adding to his success and giving him a handful of more songs to play in concerts, of course. Even though it was... I'm going to say moderately received. It got fairly positive reviews by critics, but certainly not fantastic for the most part. It did get an average score of 69 on Metacritic, which is pretty decent. And in terms of charts, it made it to seven on the uh, made it up to seventh as its peak on the Aria charts, and it made its number one over in New Zealand and the UK. That's not surprising. He is from the UK after all. The first song, however, Rock DJ, was released as the lead single, as I said, and was the fourth best-selling song of the United Kingdom. It became a massive hit, and it still remains one of his biggest and best songs to this day. It made it to the top 10 in Australia, Austria, Germany, Italy, Norway, Spain and Switzerland while reaching number one in Iceland, Ireland, New Zealand and the United Kingdom. Again that last one not too surprising. It also made it to 21 on the end of year ARIA charts for 2000, peaked at number four here in Australia as I believe I said before. And it is notable for being not only his his third number one solo single in the UK and selling over 600,000 copies, it also features one of the most controversial music videos of all time. I am not going to tell you what happens in the music video because if you have not seen it, I truly believe it is best experiencing, it is best to experience it without having any knowledge of what's about to happen. All I'm going to say is that it was so controversial that it was censored in most parts of Europe and indeed most parts of Australia when it first came out. It was very, very difficult to see on TV on any of the MTV music sort of channels. And indeed, when it finally was released, it became a bit of a, a bit of a hot topic. Um, so if you haven't seen the music video, please go and YouTube that after this uh, show. Rock DJ coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 2000, here on Tune FM 106.9. Kicking with your torso Boys getting high and the girls even more so Wave your hands if you're not with a man Can I kick it? Yes you can! I got 
You got, we got everybody. I got the gift, gonna stick it in the goal. It's time to move it by day.
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 2000, and that was Rock DJ by Robbie Williams, one of the best music videos I truly believe of all time. Go and check it out if you have not yet. Well, we turn to another one-hit wonder, which is a bit unfortunate, uh, as much as it is no doubt wonderful for the band to, uh, for a band to experience such a massive hit at any point in their career. Being a one-hit wonder is always a bit bittersweet, uh, in my humble opinion. It's it's the band Wheatus, and just saying Wheatus, I think a lot of you will know what song I'm referring to, but Wheatus would release their self-titled debut album in 2000 which was written mostly by guitarist and vocalist Brendan Brown, recorded in the basement of his mother's house and self-produced by the band. It is very much a, uh, it is very much a self-made uh, album. It's a pop punk album, which isn't exactly uncommon for um, for pop albums. I guess some pop, some punk albums, excuse me, to be made on a low budget. But this song, even uh, this album, even though it charted moderately successfully, definitely well known. In fact, most known, like the band is, for the lead single "Teenage Dirtbag," which was released in July. That became the biggest hit the band would ever experience. It made its number one on the charts here in Australia, as well as Austria and Belgium, making its number two as well in places like Scotland, Sweden, and the UK and making it to number two on the end of year aria charts here in Oz. It is a matter of fact a very very famous tune for a few for the references to Iron Maiden. I won't speak too much about it although I will say that it was very very successful here in Australia being certified triple platinum and becoming the second best-selling single of Australia here in 2000. So it's Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus. It's coming up next on Way Back When episode 2000. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9.
walking over to me This must be fake My lip starts to shake How does she know who I am? And why does she give a damn about? I've got two tickets to You're listening to Way Back When, episode 2000, and that was Teenage Dirtbag by Wheatus. Coming up next, we've got not a one-hit wonder by any means, but certainly the biggest, one of the biggest songs of this band's career, All the Small Things by Blink-182. It was the second single released from the third album of the band, Enema of the State. That charted, uh, the single charted worldwide, excuse me, but the album as well did fairly, fairly well. It would be a bit of an understatement. It was an enormous commercial success. However, it was criticised being synthesised and manufactured pop, only remotely resembling punk, despite the fact the band identifying as a punk band. That being said, the album sold over 15 million copies worldwide, so certainly the band had the last laugh in that particular in that particular situation. It would lead the band to be pigeonholed as a joke act in a lot of cases by critics who weren't really too weren't really too fond of the album, it has to be said, for sure. It is a fairly well-received album in retrospect, though, and certainly a favourite of the fans. It would spawn a big, successful tour, and this particular single is very, very well-known and has featured in several bits of media. In fact, Q, the magazine Q, called the song one of the power-pop tunes that the Americans got right, which I think is just hilarious. And it is written by songwriter Tom DeLonge of the band, who wrote it about his longtime girlfriend, who he would eventually marry, which is quite nice when you consider that. It made its number eight here in Australia, number four in Austria, and it made its number one on the UK rock and metal charts over in uh, the UK, obviously, and the US alternative airplay billboard chart had it at number one as well. All the small things by Blink-182 coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 2000. Best trip. 
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and this is Way Back When, episode 2000, and that was All the Small Things by Blink-182. Coming up next, we've got an absolutely incredible track by Bon Jovi. Yes, the American rock band Bon Jovi, they are back on this show. They haven't been on for a while, but they did release a fantastic single, the lead single from their seventh studio album, Crush. Crush, as an album, was fairly excuse me, was fairly well received and released a few decent singles. The first one, definitely the biggest by far and away. It was, yeah, like I said, reasonably received and it made it to pretty decent positions on the charts. Number one in a handful of countries, including uh, here in Australia, Austria, Belgium, uh, the Netherlands, and the European album charts as a whole, a different uh, adaptation of the Billboard 200 album charts. And it also made it to number one on the UK album charts and number nine on the US Billboard 200. The song, uh, the single, the songs on the album, excuse me, are very, very decent tracks indeed, including, as I said, the debut, uh, the lead single, I'm getting my words mixed up, I apologise, It's My Life. This song peaked at number one in in Austria, uh, Italy, the Netherlands, Portugal, Romania, Spain and Switzerland, charting within the top ten across several other countries, including number five here in Australia, and only making it to number 33 on the Billboard Hot 100, which was kind of disappointing. Interestingly enough, Bon Jovi would note, uh, John Bon Jovi would note in 2007 that nobody would anticipate the song It's My Life except for us. We knew that we had a hit. The song became an anthem that appealed to many fans, and as Bon Jovi would later state, I thought I was writing very self-indulgently about my own life and where I was in it. I didn't realise that the phrase It's My Life would be taken as being about everyone by teenagers by older guys by mechanics whatever it's my life and i'm taking control everyone feels that kind of way from time to time which i think is a really decent message a really decent sort of self self positive uh, self positive single which i which i quite like it made the it won the video of the year award at the vh1 my music awards and it was nominated for best rock performances by a duo or group with vocal at the 43rd grammy awards and like I said, it made it number five here in Australia. When the song was released, it immediately became a big, 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 big uh, single for him. It became massively well received by fans, and it's still played at concerts to this day. It's My Life by Bon Jovi, coming up next on Way Back When, episode 2000. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9. song for the broken hearted A silent prayer for faithy parted And I ain't gonna be just a face in the crowd You're gonna hear my voice when I shout it out loud It's my
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was It's My Life by Bon Jovi here on Way Back When, episode 2000. And we have reached the end of the show. There's only one final song to play. I hope that you have enjoyed it. I have thoroughly enjoyed presenting it to you, as I always do. And I hope that I will speak with you all again next week at 7 p.m. same time, where I will bring you the best music from from 2001. As for what the last song is, I told you I was going to play two songs from a particular album earlier in the show, and this is indeed the second song of that particular album. It is a very, very, very catchy tune. One of my favorites from the year, I have to admit. A little bit of a guilty pleasure, but it was a commercial success, peaking on number four in the US Billboard Hot 100 and within the top 10 in almost every country in which it charted, and it received a Grammy nomination in 2001 for Record of the Year. It did win Best Pop Video, Best Choreography and Viewer's Choice Award at the 2000 MTV Music Video Awards, and it won Choice Single at the 2010 Choice Awards, charted number one here in Australia, made its number seven on the year-end chart of 2004 on the ARIA charts, and made number one as well as Australia over in New Zealand, which was nice to see, and made its number one on the US mainstream top 40. It has been, like many songs from this band, very well received in retrospect, and indeed still well received by fans when it was released. I, w- I will bid you a fond farewell. I hope that you have a fantastic night, and I hope that the rest of your weekend is pleasant and relaxing, and I hope that your next week ahead is going to be wonderful as well, and I'll speak with you again same time next week at 7 o'clock. For now, though, I bid you all once again a fantastic good night. And to those of you who wish that I could stay for a little bit longer, well, I feel the same, but it ain't no lie. Bye, bye, bye.